Welcome to Highland Football Weekly with me, Ian Ald. Part two of our chat with Steve Pelly patterson and we pick up from where we left off in episode one, Cali Thistle going for honours in the late 90s. I want to I read you a quote from, there was a game shortly after uh, the Rangers game, I think it was at Ross County, and um, Cali Thistle lost the game, and, and I think this is this is word for word the your kind of quotes from the press, but it ends with uh, the players at Cali Thistle are the best played in the third division, and quite simply, if they can't do the job, I'll get rid of them. Now I think that's in in reference to you know you were in contention for the title that year, that obviously spurred your your players on because that following season you win the third division title in ninety six ninety seven. You bring in that in that summer, the likes of uh, Paul Cherry, Barry Wilson, a young Ross Tokley arrives as well. That season, 96-97, how special was that, taking the club on? As you said, Dickie McGilvery set you a target of winning the, 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 the third division. How special was that? Yeah, I think, I think Ryan said my first season, I think we ended third, did we? And I think obviously I learned a fair bit aware of what we required, you know, what was required and, Hence, we maybe, you know, it, it needed a bit more, I don't know, quality or calibre of player to to just add that final, you know, kind of, you know, touch to to the to turn it into a championship winning winning club, you know. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, that was obviously a, a fantastic season, you know, getting basically the club up and started if you want to on the move, you know, uh, and to get our first, and to win it as the champions as well was, was a, was another, you know, significant, you know, kind of, uh, sort of happening in the club's kind of short history, you know. And the club rapidly rise from that third division. It takes you, as you mentioned there, Dougie gave you two years to win the second division. You get promoted um, by, in behind Livingston, sorry, then you're up to the first division by '99, and it's the club has just risen dramatically. I want to talk to you about some of the players that are around the scene at that point because I've spoken to a few players that have played under you, and they've always said when I've asked them to dis, you know describe you know your, your qualities etc. And they've always said that you just you had an eye for a player. I mean, around that couple of years, you've you've brought in some some tremendous players. I've written down four about that period that I've kind of put unpolished gems, if you like, against them. The likes of Dennis Wynas, Bobby Mann, Paul Sheeran, Barry Robson as well, who many folk kind of forgotten that he you know, he played for Cali because he went into have a tremendous career with Dundee United, Celtic, Aberdeen, etc. When, when I've got guys telling me that you had an eye for a player, you had a real knack and I think you had a, probably a system, is that right? And you, you just knew who you needed and what you needed to, to fit into that system. But, I mean, what, what amount of players and what quality players you brought into Cali Thistle? Yeah, I mean, again, I was a great believer that, you know, you know players that maybe hadn't uh, kind of been successful at the first track at professional level were certainly was a second chance. And, I mean, one obviously player that sticks to it was Barry Robson because... Barry came to me, I think he was possibly just turned 18. He had just been released by Rangers. His head was really down. He was, you know, 
kind of really needing picked up, you know, for the you know, the huge disappointment to sort of no making the grade at, at you know the club he you know obviously support as a boy. So, mm-hmm. um, but what he ended up achieving, I mean, I would never have been. I mean, I, I saw talent there, but it was a it was a raw talent. It was as you said, it was kind of needing a lot of polished up. But it was you know, but to fair play Barry to go to the to the heights that he did eventually, you know, playing for Scotland, winning leagues with Celtic, you know, going down to Middlesbrough. Now being a kind of top coach at Aberdeen, you know, it really makes me proud because Barry would be the first to admit he was a rough diamond when he first came up to Inverness. He was his discipline wasn't the best and you know, he needed uh, I think a quite a fair bit of I think it was nurturing, you know what I mean? There was a lot of that kind of, you know, I wasn't a never a ball and shouting kind of manager. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I maybe gave him that a shoulder. And, you know, again, I think we had a great relationship as as the seasons moved on. Probably, he would never have probably hated me for it, but one of the best things I did was to, to get him, which I felt was in his interest to, to develop, was I put him in loan to Porfer. Uh, and it was a season that we actually beat Celtic in 2000 so he missed out on that but he ended up like he got the proper play of the year came back and he was again I think the best player we had after that you know he he just came 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 of age you know what I mean he, and he never he never stopped improving you know what I mean he was just you know tremendous uh, player um, and as I say he's you know I've I've managed hundreds of players, but, you know, Barry, I'm just, you know, I'm always there soft spot for Barry because he was so, as I say, you know, he, you know, he needed so much kind of, kind of TLC again, kind of, you know, back into the game. And, um, but he, you know, he deserves all the credit because it was him that, you know, got himself to where he got. And, uh, yeah, great, you know, great. A great day to be associated and at the start of his career with, with Barry and still, still a good part, you know. As I mentioned, I've spoke to a few players that have that have worked under you, Steve. Barry, in, in episode one, Barry Wilson used the term, we, we'd run through a brick wall for Pelly, and a, a couple of other guys have, have said that as well, or, or used kind of expressions along those, along those words. When you have players that, that go the extra mile for you, um, it obviously is a, is a two-way street. But how do you go about, you know, you mentioned there, I mean, you know, you know, helping transform the, the career of Barry Robson there, but how do you go about giving the the players the belief? Is it is it just as simple as just letting them, you know, letting them play football? And, and as you said, I think the key word is nurturing them. Yeah, I think, I think my man management style was kind of unique in the sense and probably will never... You know, you won't find that, and that's probably why I'm probably happy enough to, you know, you know, not be managing now, having had a long, you know, mainly happy, obviously a lot, of, you know, downs as well as ups. But that's part of the course, and it's just football and life, and um, you know, to to have more or less been a manager for thirty years, managed maybe over well over a thousand games. Is you know, it's just you know, I'm, I'm really happy with my life, how it, how it was, and, and I love the manager, I love working with lads, and 
I genuinely miss that. I miss the the the, the, the camaraderie, the kind of the laugh, just just the kind of the, the you know being around sort of the, the group and that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I I think that was fair. I mean, you know, was, <laughs> there was players I fell out with and who probably wouldn't have much good words to say about me, but generally speaking. You know, I, I I was a kind of very much a you know man manager of players. I was I was probably which was maybe a weakness. I was possibly too close with the players in the sense that I mean back then we would we'd all drink together, we'd all unite together. You know, what I mean it was a kind of yeah. it was a different culture then. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean it's changed obviously dramatically, but you know I I was like one of the boys if you want. You know, what I mean. You know, I never sat in front of the bus. That was always with the lads, and you know, I think that's maybe harder now. Or certainly, I made it work. You know, I knew when to maybe detach myself. Um, but I, I really, I always felt you know that I had close relationships with with my players, and, and yeah, I did. I was lucky because I think I did breed. I kind of you know I got a lot. Of, uh, you know how can I put it? Just players that literally would, you know, run through a brick wall for me that were tremendously loyal and um, you know just just as a joy to manage. To be honest with you, great, great fun. And, um, you know, something I'll I'll never regret. I'll never forget. You know, but I think you know obviously I'm you know I probably largely had as much. Down times as I had good times. Mm-hmm. The first probably probably twelve, you know, I don't know, but fourteen years, seven. Well, basically my time at Inverness and Huntley and Elgin, which I yeah, uh, it's just over fourteen years. Mm-hmm. It was just I just could not stop winning. You know, it was. I mean, my my Marsh, I, I would be interested now if I did stats on the you know, your win percentage. Uh-huh. Like it was just incredible. Uh, the three that, that that three teams, uh, well, three different clubs, but it was like almost three different teams that I kind of assembled it. In Burness, all beat one or two lads like Charlie Christie, Barry Wilson, Jimmy Calder. Mm-hmm. I think we're all more or less there for my. Sort of tenure of the you know seven seven and a half year, but mm-hmm. um, but no no just just uh, wonderful wonderful times. I was looking back earlier. It was it was interesting? I was thinking about this earlier on. You we've mentioned a lot of guys that you signed at Cali Thistle. I mean, we've just reamed off you know you know a lot there. You know the Wilsons, the Robsons, Wynesses, Man, Sheerans, Tokleys, etc. Is there any players that you? You tried to get to bring to Cali Thistle, but you never quite managed it. Is there any of the, the kind of the what ifs? Oh yeah, one but one big what if. Uh, Martin Stewart, apparently. <laughs> Martin Stewart was a phenomenal striker, uh, and I've had you know as I say, some great lads. And Martin's nickname is Local Loon, right? Because he's <laughs> basically what we are, uh, local. Sorry, joiner Martin is to trade. Uh-huh. And when I, I mean, I got Martin as an 18 year old, and it was quite evident this guy was something you know special. You know, obviously ended up behind my legend, something like 400 goals and 500 games or something. But 
Well, I think it was my second season there. I got we were offered a a huge sum, like something equivalent to a hundred thousand, maybe more in today's money for an English Championship club. I remember going to Martin and thinking he was, you know, he's going to be over the moon with this kind of opportunity. And but I told him he just shook his head and said, nah, nah, I like my job and I'm, I love playing for Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't interested. And then just before I left, we had a, again an offer for Dundee United uh, and good money, you know, the opportunity of full time football. Martin just nah, nah, not for me. And I, I mean, I really admire that because his uh-huh. values were about probably having a why change a life if you've got peace and mm-hmm. satisfaction, you know, and you know to go into the kind of kind of mad world of what can be professional football, you know. But mm-hmm. anyway, I mean, obviously, I had a pop up when I went ten for less, but no, no chance. Martin stayed loyal to Huntley to start the finishing the 12 years. Ah, fair play. There's not. There's a lot of players that uh, that um, obviously nowadays don't do that. So fair, fair play to him. Steve, I want to talk to you about the big one. Um, It's obviously a game and a moment in in Scottish football history. Never mind Cali Thistle's history. We've spoke to a number of guys about this game. It is, of course, Super Cali Go Ballistic. And I've talked to a number of the players over the years about, you know, the how they prepared for the game. Now, a lot of the guys there, you know, as I said, Barry Wilson, his quote will always stay with me. I run I'd run through a brick wall for, for Steve. And I think he was in it was actually talking about that game, that, that kind of moment where you beat Celtic. When you're going at that game, it's a Scottish Cup third round, again, you know, Cali Thistle, the the kind of underdogs how do you go about giving the, the players the, the belief? Could, I mean, did you believe yourself that you could cause an upset that night? I genuinely believed. I mean, I, I'm not saying I was saying, oh, yeah, we can win this, but I was, I, I was 100% confident that we could give up a really good account of ourselves and show that we're a good, you know, a really good side. And I certainly felt that, you know, I didn't go thinking, oh, we'll keep the score down or... We're going to get dubbed five or six nil. I really felt, you know, what I saw of Celtic that, you know, they you know, they had frailty in their defence. I thought, you know, they were kind of in transition. You know, they, obviously, John Barnes had just came in, and you know, there was a lot going on. You know, and I, I just felt that they were vulnerable. As I say, I would, you know, there's no way I was saying yeah. I certainly, I think my confidence in that we could do well in the game would have obviously rubbed off on the players, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And I think the players always knew how much I kind of, you know, believed in them and gave them basically a freedom and a, you know, little tactics were very much again, which was always my kind of, uh, you know, beliefs and that football should be you know, a spectator sport that's, that's exciting and, you know, basically about, you know, entertaining fans, scoring goals, etc. So the guys are all, you know, licensed to, to express themselves and, and I had a lot of quality in that, you know, your mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paul Sheeran, Barry Wilson's, Charlie Christie's, you know, just to, 
to name a few that, that you know that the, the belief I think was 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 there that would do well and um, you know there was obviously a, 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 it was a recent documentary that BBC Scotland did with the mm-hmm. uh, you know for the twenty year kind of yep. um, anniversary and you know we're, we're you know we look back at it, it was you know as I say it was yeah. It, I, mean, I still maintain that I had a bigger shock result when I took I took a, a, an Aberdeen side that was inferior to the Inverness Cali side that was you know very very young with a few lads in making debuts almost or that had, you know had an injury crisis and you know we were playing against a Celtic team that had won in the 77 consecutive games or something or sorry unbeaten in 77 at Parkhead mm-hmm. and I took an Aberdeen side down and beat them 2-1 <laughs> that was probably I still say that in my book was the biggest shock ever in my, I, that I achieved right yep. that's a very personal kind of thing mm-hmm. I know that the the Cali Thistle one the the, the, the sort of global kind of the, 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 the kind of well, earthquake kind of Sort of shock waves that kind of hit the country the day after and following week, and I was, you know, it's, it's still kind of obviously in the folklore of days, isn't it? You know, not, not just in Inverness, I mean, no, in no. Scotland, it's, it's arguably, you know, in days gone by, like Berwick Rangers was seen as the biggest yep. upset in Scottish football, beating Rangers at, at Sheffield, but I think, you know, ours overtook that as being seen as the, the shock but you know from, from my personal point of view I actually didn't see it as big a shock as how the world saw it you know? because I came with, with had good players winners you know great characters 100% kind of no fear you know what I mean a lot of confidence and yeah well you know as I say uh, that ball I think we, for myself, I'll always, I'll always be linked to that as the, the high point in my career, which you know is, is you know, it's an honour to, mm-hmm. to have. And, well, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a nice wee scalp to have got one to Parkhead and one twice. Absolutely, <laughs> so I'm quite, quite pleased with that. But what I've got, you know, <laughs> any, uh, any excuse to beat Celtic. Now I want to, a few of the guys have talked about your their recollections of the game when they're in the park and what what's it like for you on the on the track on the touchline mainly probably towards the you know when, when Paul Sheeran scores and makes it three one what's your emotions leading up to you know from there to the final whistle are you you know just you know praying that the the game ends now or you know are you are you quite confident that you could hold it out at that stage. You're on a kind of emotional roller coaster. You're just kind of, you know, you are kind of just in a in a moment. I saw, you know, every, you know, there's a, a tension, and I think that, you know, you're checking the watch, and it's bloody, you know, no passing, and yeah, you 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 have that kind of almost euphoria of what's about could happen, but you also have the despair of knowing how football can. You know, quickly turn and you know the, the, the nearly then you know maybe losing the the losing or even drawing and, and 
guy will use it equally well, but it was like a kind of slow motion, you know, kind of to the, to the point, I don't know what there was left, was it 20, 15, 20 minutes maybe, mm-hmm. we got the third goal, but it was a, you know, just a kind of total and unbelievable sort of period of, uh, you know, emotional kind of energy kind of being just, just waiting for that whistle to go, you know. I mean, it does go, it, uh, it, it kicks off big time. Now, I listened to a podcast, I've never actually heard him speak about it. I listened to a podcast about two weeks ago, John Barnes was on a, a Celtic podcast and he was talking about his time at Celtic and he, he, well, he went on to say that he wasn't he wasn't arrogant in any way and in, but he, he failed to mention the Cali Thistle performance. It was all about his team and, 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 and the goings-on in the dressing room, etc., which I felt was quite contradictory because... In one way, he's saying he's not arrogant, but he never, well, not to my knowledge, he never did mention in that podcast anyway about how good Cali Thistle were that night. Did you have any sympathy after the game? I mean, you must have come across him after the, the final whistle, you know, in the, in the press room, in the tunnel, where she shook hands, etc. Did you have any sympathy? Can you remember what John Barnes was like after that game? I can't, I can't really. I don't think I did any. I mean, I can remember, for example, when I, when I went to. Mark Head and Martin O'Neill was manager. Martin O'Neill took me to his office and we had a wine and that and a bit of that, you know. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was incredibly, I very generous. I mean, I remember he clipped my ear kind of saying, how the hell can you come with this kind of team and be us at Park Head? I am preparing the Aberdeen one. But I think John Barnes was just so consumed in the, 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 you know the staggering kind of events that had happened you know, in front of his eyes that I can't, I, I can't really remember I probably did have to shake hands at the at the end but certainly I don't, I, I don't recall being involved like invited back to you know you, generally you would managers often off they offer their comrades a, you know to come come back the win or lose you know what I mean to yeah. the to the, the office but I don't think I had much uh, interaction with him, to, to be honest, Ian, but I actually felt uh, sympathy, at, you know, <laughs> the poor lad, you know, poor lad, but again, uh, again the bullet, I think, was, was all in day, was it, or two days later? Aye, aye. Uh, on the back of that, but I think, I think there had been rumblings going on, you know what I mean? I think, I think it was a case of, you know, maybe we brought everything to a head quickly, but, uh, you know, it was... Uh, it was pretty, pretty harsh on him. I think he'd, you know, he'd no longer really gone there, and you know, to to be kind of the victim of what was being seen as the biggest shock in Scottish football was, you know, too much for Celtic kind of bored to to bear, you know. Well, he he um, he left shortly after, and Martin O'Neill came in. Now, Cali Thistle, as you mentioned, there kind of went global with the the result, the headline, the publicity that the club got after it. And then Cali Thistle and that's well that's two thousand and in the next couple of years it's a kind of upwards onwards and upwards for the club. Um you yourself you, you leave the club in two thousand and two. Um but before um I get your thoughts on you leaving I just wanna I looked at the team that got promoted that uh, that in two thousand and four and it was interesting um I I well, Russell Duncan told me that he was injured. He didn't play that day against St Johnston, but the starting eleven 
That day was Mark Brown, Stuart Golabek, Bobby Mann, Ross Tuckley, Roy McBain, Barry Wilson, Richie Hart, Liam Keogh, Stuart McCaffrey, Paul Ritchie and David Bingham. Dennis Wynas had, had moved on, although he would come back to, to the club to play in the Premiership and Russell Duncan, as I said, was injured. Apart from David Bingham, now obviously John Robertson did a tremendous job in, in moving the club on uh, to the next step to get them to the Premiership, but when you look at that, that, that group of players, that list of players, that must fill you with great satisfaction that, that knowing that you know those guys went on, that you brought to the club, went on to get promotion. And then even when you look at the the, the later years, you know, when you move on, uh, you look at the Richard Hastings, Roy McBain, Barry Wilson, Dennis Wynas, Tokley, Golabek, Duncan, these guys all go on to establish themselves for Cali Thistle in the in the top flight. That must you know, that's a legacy if you like. That must that must um again be a a real kind of positive for yourself to look back on, knowing that you've created that legacy of players at the football club. Yeah, no, I mean that's you know it gives me immense pride because I think mean, one of my kind of uh, strengths was picking up players that had maybe been rejected and, and you know had lost about belief and confidence, and you know I, I gave them another opportunity and they kind of, as I say, the nurturing kind of approach where. They, they, they refound themselves, and you know, lots of players develop at different stage. You know, stage. You know, not everybody. John McGinley, for example, was a late developer. You know, Barry Robson was got better as he, you know, hit his early twenties. If you know what I mean. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, I, I felt, I felt lucky that I, I got access to a lot of the, the, of the you know, the Barry Wilson local guy. He was at race, but they were, in a, you know, a, a top level club, and mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, just so many lads that you know, I, I honestly couldn't have named. Because there's so many that that came under my wing and and, and thrived. You know what I mean? And, and gave great service to to Inverness Cali. You know, um, I always remember just a retailer, you know, where it was the all complete sale, and I'm. I'm are you sure it was just when we got promotion to the well the championship as it's now classed and we I think we started the season I think we lost about eight games in the trot mm-hmm. certainly it was a really bad start and we're bottom of the league and you know obviously rumblings about my future and all this and that and uh, I mean, I'll never forget that we went. Uh, I'm pretty certain it was. It was, it was certainly something like eight defeats in the bounce. Was a. It was a record that generally other clubs that manager would have been sacked. But mm-hmm. like David Sullivan was the chairman at the time, and you know he stuck by him, and it just shows again about you know maybe managers being given a wee bit more time and understanding that you know you can you know have difficult times but you stick together you'll, you'll, you'll come through them anyway we, instead of kind of panicking about that and, and trying you know recruit their bodies and you know it still was a lot of belief in the boys that had that I remember David Sullivan going I think we'd lost that eighth game or something like that he says right what we need to do is get all the lads together go and have a nice day basically a, a day out golfing dinner you know, a few few drinks, etc. And I think we went up to it was the Royal Dormer or mm-hmm. Rora, one of the you know 
fancy golf courses, I think, was that week of Wednesday. The one was right. Everybody played golf on it. The of golf was carried. What a big... I, David Wright was with us. Graham Berwick also was, a, I think, by then, the director of football. And we came by and obviously had a good... good uh, could drink in Inverness, just a great, a great escape for the, the pressures of the kind of looming, what looked like could be a relegation fight. Mm-hmm. And I think that follows our we won. But we're on a winning run, and I think it ended up, we came fourth that season, by the first season back in the, in the, 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 the championship, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So that, that always sticks with me because it would have been quite easy for the chairman to. To basically fire me, you know, with the how the results were. But again, he, he showed showed belief and and loyalty, which got rewarded. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. a, a wee tail along the way, I thought it sticks 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 out. But I think that's um, that's 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 um, the Cali Thistle at that time. There was a real tight knit group. You know, a real t- the club was a really kind of close club and that was evident by the, the success on the park as I mentioned yeah. the, the club were kind of reaching now you know they were they were established, they'd established themselves as a first division club and obviously that Celtic game you know took them on another level yourself you start to get linked with moves you were linked with a move to Dundee United which you, you turned down then Aberdeen come calling in uh, 2002 late December 2002 what was your your thoughts about? I mean, obviously that I think you were quoted as saying the Aberdeen job was a was a dream job. You know, there's a lot of managers out there that would that would love the Aberdeen job. Was it a difficult to decision to leave Cali at all that time, or was it quite a straightforward one? What was your your thinking behind that? Well, I think, I think if I'm honest, I I, I was angling for a boot. I was I think I'd, I don't know if I'd signed a new contract or mm-hmm. I was kind of wanting to see the job through. I wanted. To be the manager that took the club for the third division to the Premier League, you know. So I had no, you know, I was a, I had no agent or I didn't, a, you know, I was a, you know, angling to jump ship. I, I was incredibly happy in Venice and settled, and you know, it was like part, almost like a family kind of, you know, the way we were, not just the players, the staff, like, you know, a lot of the supporters were in first name terms, etc. And I loved the club, and you know, I dare say I would have been there for years, possibly years to come, mm-hmm. had clubs they come in. But you know, the fact was that you know my success had been recognised at a higher level, although they denied it. Dundee United uh, approached me, and Aberdeen obviously approached, and uh, it kind of got to a point where, and I, I sort of, I wouldn't say I regret, but. I kind of got almost, everybody was of the opinion, oh, you can't have turned in Aberdeen, you can't have turned, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I almost <laughs> fell off, I'll have to go, but, you know, in, in, when I've reflected back, I mean, I'm not one for, you know, you know, regrets, you know, we'll make mistakes along the way, and, you know, I've made too many sometimes, but, um, you know, I do know that I never, certainly I was never looking to leave Inverness. I was so happy there, working there, the group of people, natives to players, as I say, the board, the, 
Graham Bennett was a great uh, director of football. You know, my coaches, you, you know, but unfortunately, I, you know, I'm not sure it was a victim of my success, but obviously big clubs, you know, um, were going to come calling, you know, probably been worse if I had got them to the, you know, worse, but if I stayed and got the club to the, you know, the kind of the top level, you know, the Premier League, then I dare say I might have got offers for England, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're going to be headhunted when you continue to have, you know, success. But um, I felt, I felt very, very, I would say, emotional and kind of mixed feelings. Yeah, obviously, I was feeling that. Yeah, I'd, I'd achieved a lot in Bernays Cali, and you know, Aberdeen's a massive club, and you know, kind of hitting hard times, and this is. The obvious challenge for me being a kind of northeast of Scotland yep. uh, guy, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it, it, as it turns out, I, mean, I don't really want like to go back over old ground, but mm-hmm. there was a lot more at Aberdeen that just wasn't a, you know, in terms of, I, I personally, I've, been, I've had my, my hands up. I probably wasn't in the best my mental, my mental health shape, you know, my marriage had kind of broke and different sort of issues were, were on the go, but. Aberdeen was not in good shape and you know when I look back I think it was I mean I think I did a good job to keep them in the league the Premier came 11th because the budget was probably the lowest and there wasn't much I don't mean to be disrespectful it wasn't really like you could kind of delve into the youth policy there wasn't a lot maybe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. young lads coming through maybe Russell Anderson had broke through and uh, Xander Diamond was coming but it was really working on the shoestring you know getting rid of a lot of well overpaid players and the job was certainly was you know I got obviously moved on after a year and a half you know it was, if anything it was it was going to take at least three four years to get with with I have decent budget to get success and you know I'm no magician and you know I'm just saying that's when I reflect back it was it was nigh, nigh on an impossible task and uh, you no. know but that's just that's how you know how you know past the past as far as I'm concerned uh, but you know unfortunately it kind of did you know my career didn't really you know obviously with my behaviour and well publicised stuff mm-hmm. my career was kind of finished as a you know a top kind of you know level manager and, and, and rightly so I you know, I paid a price for my um, my own uh, mistakes and uh, I regret that but that's just how it was but uh, it certainly wasn't an easy job and, and if I'm perfectly honest Ian it wasn't an enjoyable job that you know it was like you know, I couldn't have moved, having been, been a local person, living local as well, life was very much a goldfish bowl. Because mm-hmm. in Inverness, I could, I kind of, I could go out and, and socialise in Inverness, and it was a different, different, different uh, way of life for me there, but um, as I say, that was that, you know. Well, we talked to uh, Big Duncan Shearer uh, a few weeks ago, and and, and talked about obviously I mean he was an Aberdeen legend and, and what in seven years I mean he left um, well not in less than seven years I think he left the club 97 to, to link up with yourself 
Aaron Van Ness, and then he was back five years later and he, he couldn't believe how the club had transformed, you know, he just said it was just a, it was like a different a different club altogether. I mean he was he was even shocked as well. So it's you know obviously there's there's similarities between you know what, what he was saying and, and, and yourself. Um obviously yeah. Aberdeen was a you know a difficult point in your in your in your in your life. Um and I know that you've been very generous with your time Steve um so I won't keep you too much longer but I just want to ask you about you know the couple of clubs at the at the end of your the end of your uh, well, your your career, the managerial career, because you get back into to management at Forest. Uh, we spoke to uh, Craig Campbell, who played under you at Forest a few weeks uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, and you're back in the saddle uh, that same year. How would the the Highland League changed from leaving Huntley in '95 to joining Forest in 2004? Nine years. How would the Highland League change in that in that time? Well, I think I think just I was just you know. Grateful to get back in the, I think it was maybe six months after I'd been sat by mm-hmm. Aberdeen, I went mm-hmm. to Forest and, you know, it was just a small step back to, um, the you know, what I'd been before, kind of working and managing part-time. And, I, and actually had a really enjoyable like, year there, but I remember signing Craig and Craig Campbell and, and Sid, uh, I, Steve, mm-hmm. Steve, uh, Steve Mackay. And we, we put together a good good side there for us and, and kind of was, I think, maybe on the kind of road to possibly, you know, building a championship team. But then I got I got kind of headhunted by Peter Head, which, again, didn't really work out, you know, the, the move there, you know. Um, and then, you know, again, it was kind of bitty, you know, here, there. You know, my, my career kind of never really recovered after that, but Dean episodes you know um, but uh, I still you know I still enjoyed it three four year really good enjoyable years at for Martin mm-hmm. which is a you know pretty ambitious club Athol Kajar great chairman and you know I enjoyed my, 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 my time there um, unfortunately could have quite should have won the league but we, we needed three points in the last two games and we, we couldn't get them so that was that but um, and then I just felt Dufton but which was like, you know, when you go to on the heights of Aberdeen to, I need to suspend this. I think I was more, shows a bit more about me as a person. I'm not really a big time Charlie. I was kind of happy with, you know what I mean? I'm pretty, uh, you know, I don't forget my roots. I was a kind of young, uh, working class lad in a wee village in Murray, you know what I mean? And yep. that's, never, that's never went away. And I'm, you know, I, I don't get a bug myself, so. And maybe that's how I'm so comfortable with, with people, you know, I mean, I've done a, um, you know, I've always enjoyed, you know, company and being being around guys and that, so that's probably what's happened. I think my management was my, was my quality, you know, but uh, yeah, no, you're right, you know, I'm, I'm just conscious of the time I'm rabbiting on. No, 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 listen, listen, it's been, it's been... It's one of those uh, one of those interviews we could probably talk all night. There's so many questions I want to ask you, but uh, I'm wary that obviously you're um, you're busy at your end as well. Uh, Steve, I just want to wrap up by just I mean you, you kind of talked about it before we we, we turned the mic on about Huntley and and Cali Thistle. Those are the two clubs that you well you had twelve years between two clubs, five years at Huntley and and seven years at uh, Inverness Cali Thistle. You've obviously had success at Elgin. You won. Um, trophies as well for Martin as well let's not forget the Aberdeenshire Cup 
with for Martin. Um, you've won a, a whole host of trophies. Um, you mentioned there that there's no intentions for you to, to get back into management. Um, quite happy um, sitting outside watching football rather than, than participating at the moment. How do you sum up your your managerial career? Because it has been one uh, roller coaster ride. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I never ever set out to, you know, I could never imagine that, you know, taking my first position as player manager at Elgin City at the age of 30. 1988 that 30 years later you know at the age of 60 I'd, I'd still which I was you know we mm-hmm. I'd still be managing and having <laughs> been medalist never once applied for a job you know every I was always lucky to well obviously my reputation you know, I built my cell and I was always approached you know what I mean got jobs and uh, you know I just I just loved the the I loved the whole, in terms of, you know, yeah, you know, don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a, it can be a tough job at times, but, you know, I wouldn't have went any other way in terms of, I feel very fortunate to have the majority of my life to have spent so much time as a player and then as a manager, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's been a great journey for me and, you know, I'm now, I quite enjoy actually talking like this because it's, it, it bring, brings back a lot quite sentimental and yep. just just warm, 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 lovely, you know, memories, uh, just friendships and fun and, you know, just 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 a fantastic time that, that in the whole I had with players and I miss, you know, like I remember things like I used to wind up Barry Robson with five sides and nutmeg him, you know, and this is when I could still play five sides <laughs> on a Friday morning and just the kind of the laughs and what you know, the crack, you know, the, the crack with the boys, if you want, you know what I mean. But, um, and but it's a, you know, it's like having Ian, everything has to come to an end, you know. Yep. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky, I've got a good family and lovely grandkids and great friends. And you know, I go, to, you know, I'll certainly be coming up to Cali to watch games and you know, I'll go to Huntley, I'll go to Elgin, whatever. But um, and I enjoy, I just love being you know, among football people so. Um, you know, I feel I feel I've been very, very blessed and lucky with the with the clubs and the and the people I've met, and especially the boys that's played for me. You know, I think it's a mutual kind of respect that we're we're, we're, we're built. You know, and there's if I see any of the guys now, it's always a big hug and a great, great. You know, I don't see enough of boys actually to be to be fair, but no, no, I just. Uh, you know, I I I can't. You know, as I say, I think. If, if it, you know, I really kind of reflected back, you know, a bit callously, I probably bought, you know, there's kind of parallels with me as a player and as a manager in that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kind of didn't quite achieve myself, fulfill my potential as a player because as a, as a player, I made my debut at Man United at 18, mm-hmm. I made my debut for Scotland under 21s, 18. And you know, at that point, I think everybody just says this guy's going to, you know, play in the full Scotland team, whether we Man United or, you know, I'd have played at a higher level. I should have been a high level career, and a bit, you know, the, the parallel with the same Aberdeen. I, I kind of got to the top, mm-hmm. and it quickly went away from me, mm-hmm. which was more doing. You know, what I mean, I'm, 
but it's quite interesting, you know, how there's parallels, how my, my actual football career, although, I, you know, I really enjoyed it, played abroad, and, you know, you know making my debut for Man U 18 and being there five years, all the wonderful memories of that, but not, you know, no going, I should have done better, you know, I should have probably had a lot better career, football-wise, but as a player, and very similar, I should have, you know, I think I had the intelligence and the, the, the ability, if certain things had not happened, to have a longer career at a higher level, if you know what I mean. Absolutely, uh, yeah. But, yeah. but that's just a, you know, that is a kind of very, kind of honest uh, reflection, you know, on myself. And, and that does not, you know, I accept that. You know, I can live with that. It's yep. just like, we all, everybody's past goes in strange ways and that, but that would be my honest kind of summing up of me. You know, I'd, you know, that, what I've just said, I want to repeat myself, but uh, that's probably a good note to end on you. <laughs> I know, no, Steve, that has been, it's been brilliant and I'm sure there have been a lot of Cali Thistle fans that um, will have enjoyed uh, listening to um, or you reminiscing about some terrific moments uh, in the club's uh, recent past and also you know, supporters of of, of Elgin and Huntley. Um, I mean, you had a you had the Midas touch, that's for sure. Uh, you won a lot of trophies. It's been a pleasure. And as I said, we could have spent all night talking because we've unfairly kind of glossed over your, your playing career, as you mentioned there, you know, uh, former Manchester United player. We've kind of focused on the managerial career, but um, we could have been here all night. But it's been, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you again. Thank you very much for, for sparing your time to talk to us. Really enjoyed that. Perfect. Cheers, Steve. Take care. Bye bye. Bye now.